Good morning. What's good? What's good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I've been uh, trying to get up earlier these days, and it is. It's sometimes it just doesn't happen. So <laughs> I feel you. I have been sleeping in until literally the last minute. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's been rough. I started off good though, and then we slowly kind of. But it's okay. It's all right. We here though, right? We here. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, these curls though. Listen, you know, I will say that the curls are cooperating today. The curls we, are we cooperating. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. I even laid my baby hairs for you today. Ooh, Andy. girl. <laughs> I feel special. Listen, anything we can do during this time to feel like you know we're actually. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. (laughs) My baby hair hadn't seen anything in a long time. Oh, my Lord. Yes. (laughs) I'm telling you. I know. I was talking to Megan about it because we were like, we're tired of looking like scrubs out here in these streets. Like, let's get out. I'm over here dressing up for no reason sometimes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ripping out the dresses and all of that. (laughs) Yes. The whole nine yards. You already know. Um, Well, I'm just so overjoyed to have you, Caroline. This is going to be just... I already know it's going to be a great conversation. Um, you're coming in at part four, so you're closing us out, grand finale. Um, we've had some amazing conversations throughout the week. I know you've been working, so I'm sure you haven't caught um, some of it, but I have put it up on the podcast. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so the previous episodes are up on the podcast, which is really exciting, and so will yours. Um, and you know, for those who don't know, we've been talking about this transition from yoga teacher to wellness entrepreneur for the last few days and just speaking to what it takes as a person of color, as a woman of color. Um, and I think that one thing that's really unique about you in comparison to many of the other participants is that you are also a wife and a mother, um, which adds a whole nother layer to all of this. So I'm just, um, I'm so grateful for you being here with us and I'm so looking forward to hearing more about your story. Um, so why don't we just get started with who's Caroline and how did your journey, yoga journey begin? Sure. So my yoga journey began, it kind of started and stopped and started again. Okay. So my very first time practicing yoga, I was uh, I think in the, the sixth grade, what? My, right? <laughs> um, my dad's ex girlfriend, who I still keep in touch with to this day, mm. um, came down to visit me. She, at the, I grew up in the DC area, and she was in New York, so she came down for the weekend to visit me. And she was like, "Come on, we're gonna do something fun." So I'm over here thinking we're gonna do whatever it is the sixth graders do. I don't know what was fun back then. And she brings me to a yoga studio, and I'm like, what is this? I had never heard of yoga before, so obviously, fish out of water. Um, right. And I was looking around. This was the 90s, so you already know what the, the room looks like. <laughs> right. Jazzercise. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Jazzercise and white women. Yes. So I was like, what am I doing here? Um, but by the end of the class, and it took me a little while to kind of... Mm-hmm you know, understand what I was doing. But by the end of the class, I really felt a sense of like calm and presence for myself that at that young age, it was completely unfamiliar to me. Mm. And during that time, I was going through some things as an adolescent Mm. that 
I didn't really share with my parents or really share with anything else. Mm -hmm. I was still very much of the mindset that, you know, I'll figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. So yoga immediately was a tool for me to kind of start exploring and deconstructing that. But also at the same time, I was like, there's no way my mom's going to make the time Mm. to get me to a yoga class. This stuff is, it's not, it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now in terms of there being a studio in the corner. Right. It's not like we had YouTube. So I didn't do. (laughs) Real talk. (laughs) No, we had nothing, right? So I didn't do any yoga again until probably my early college years. Wow. Um, I went to college. I went to school in New Orleans, which I consider like my, my, they say home is where your heart is. So my heart is always in New Orleans. Oh, wow. Even though I'm now in Memphis. But wow. I started back practicing in New Orleans. Um, here and there, time was always a challenge as it is no matter where you are or what you're trying to do. Right. Um, but by that point, we at least had yoga DVDs too. And we had YouTube. <laughs> So I was kind of mixing and dabbling. Um, and then once I had my son, which I didn't know this at the time, but I was dealing with um, postpartum depression, mm. wasn't diagnosed. Actually, my current therapist didn't even like, I didn't have her at the time, but because we were kind of talking through what my symptoms were at the time, she's like, nope, this is very clear what was going on. How old was but, your son at the time? Um, When I went back to start practicing, after he was, he was probably like a year, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little less than a year. Mm. And he back into the yoga studios, back into the, you know, familiar white women <laughs> being the only one. But I really didn't care because I felt like mm. what I was experiencing was about me. Right. And it really didn't matter who was around me. Mm. At the same time, mm. you always feel like, why am I the only one of us here? Like, you feel like you stand you do. out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, no doubt. Cause you do just, you do. I mean, I, I'm always like assuming that like, are they looking at me right. thinking that I'm different, mm-hmm. whatever. And thankfully the tools that yoga gives us, you, you start to learn to silence that, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and move past that. But it is hard. Mm. Um, I kept practicing. I eventually moved and I'm now in Memphis. Um, I chose to start practicing at Lifetime, which is like this huge luxury fitness wellness club situation, like an Equinox. Um, Okay. And the only reason why I started practicing there was because my son needed childcare when I was practicing yoga. Look. I'm working full time. Look. You know, it is what it is, Mm -hmm. right? Making it happen. Right. But once again, I find myself practicing with nothing but white women so it's as it started to become a pattern i started to try to bring some friends um with me to class Mm. friends that were already members of of the gym yeah um people that i already knew had an interest in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. in their health and well-being and i started to feel less alone Mm. i started to connect with my teacher who was also white but we had a really strong connection. So I ended up going through YTT with her. Wow. Um, and the funny thing was, like I've, I've intentionally emphasized how not diverse my yoga experience was for a reason. Mm-hmm. Once I got to YTT, we had a, 
55-year-old black woman. We had a black man in his 20s. We had a 60-year-old white man. We had a late 50s white woman. Wow. We had who my, is like my yoga sister, Libby, who owns the studio that I work with. Mm. Um, she's my age, another black woman. Like, it was the most diverse wow. bunch you could find. Wow. And we were all coming together for yoga. Ugh. And we were all able to connect in a way that I didn't feel like I was standing out. First of all, I wasn't, right? Right. I wasn't alone. Right. Um, but we were connecting in a way where we were sharing each other's space and holding space for each other, mm-hmm. which really, like, being in the South, even though I'm, like, not from here, you don't get that very often. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's just been a really special journey. Um, I started, I don't even remember what my goal was when I first went to YTT other than to just learn. Yeah. Um, not necessarily to become a yoga teacher. I knew that maybe at some point I would want to, but I had no idea what that would look like. Yeah. You know, I just really wanted to learn more about everything from the asanas themselves to the backstory behind yoga. Yeah. How is it that this practice has done so much for me? Like, where where is the science in it? I'm I'm a nerd, a blurred, whatever you want to call it. So I always want to know, like, the who, what, when, where, why of every damn thing. Right, right. So you just were interested in the knowledge. Yeah, for sure, mm. for sure, and still am. I feel like yeah. one, forever one a student, student, right? Student. Yeah, yeah. Um. So coming out of that teacher training, then what, how did you feel? What was the sentiment, you know, and how did you end up moving forward to starting to teach? Yeah. So I took maybe six months or so, um, to really just kind of let the knowledge soak in. Um, I would go back every once in a while and start reading through my YTT materials and like keep reading my, uh, my books or whatever. But I would honestly sit there like, now what? Yeah. I don't, what is next? (laughs) I had no idea. And one day I kind of just had like this light bulb and I thought about my journey up until that point. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter how you get there or what you do. Just Mm -hmm. start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if you have to start with what's familiar, if you have to start in your comfort zone to slowly kind of trickle out of Mm -hmm. it, then cool. Mm -hmm. So I decided, well, I left out, like, I subbed at a few uh, yoga studios, but (laughs) one one would have won it. So um, I decided that, like, okay, I'll teach at Lifetime. And my reasoning for teaching there, again, childcare, right? Right. But also also because I really felt like I, I saw so many people of color on the fitness floor or whichever area of the gym we were in and I would never really see them in the yoga studio unless mm. I was the one trying to bring them in there. Right. Um so I, love I felt that. like this was my opportunity. <laughs> like, hey you try to come over to this like, come on in this yoga class. Yeah, come on in. Seriously, I was like over there recruiting so funny. <laughs> but one of my friends that I recruited to come to class to me is about to finish Y T C now. Ah! So I mean it's powerful, right? Yeah. But I really felt like, okay, we've never had a teacher of color here. Mm. And how powerful would it be for wow. there to finally be someone here who looks like us? Wow. Because us is all over this 
gym, but we are not in the, these four walls. And right. there is a reason for that. And not everybody is willing to push past that. Oof. It's not even something we should have to push past. Well, but, man. You know. uh, I think that that's just such a reflection of the experience of many women of color, uh, teachers of color, like everywhere is what I've learned, especially through the mm-hmm. through the mentorship program. And, and, you know, we had Jennifer from Marseille. She was going through the same stuff, right? And so it's just like, it's so fascinating to me um, that this is happening at a widespread level globally. No matter where yeah. you are as a person of color, the representation in the wellness space is so limiting, so so yeah. lacking. And um, to be able to be that person who shows up unapologetically and like, yes, this is for us. Like, come through. I want to teach you these things. Um, and just the, the uh, not the paradox, but the irony in, in that we are the people who probably need it the most. We you know do. what I mean? <laughs> um, shout out to Jakaya, my work wife who's in here. Thank you so hey. much. Hey, Jakaya girl. Um, Jakaya makes a debut in our mentorship program as well. Uh, Caroline got a chance to tap in with her. Um, Ohm with, with Anya says, thank you for sharing. I'm a white yoga teacher and here to learn your stories. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me more about how did it feel for you? I know that it's difficult because you're still trying to get people in and, and, and convince people that, it, you know, to get over those things, like you said, push past those limiting, those, uh, those limiting beliefs of like, well, this isn't for me. And I don't see anybody like me doing this. How was it for you to then become the first person of color to teach yoga in that space? And and, you know, probably to do many other things as the first uh, woman of color in the yoga world in where you live. Yeah. So mixed feelings, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest. Mm-hmm. I still feel like, why are we celebrating any first at this point, right? Like, it's point back. Let me see. I started <laughs> uh, real there talk. Years ago. Right. So this was only four years ago. This was uh, twenty. 16, 2015, one of those, when I started teaching. And I'm like, why has it taken this long? Like, mm-hmm. for that particular location, it had been there for 10 years. Wow. But bottom line is, wherever we are and whatever we're doing, we're still celebrating so many firsts. And we I are. Like, we are. Wild. But so there was that. And then there was also a little bit of, of pressure. And some of that was self inflicted because I was like, you know, I want to teach authentically. Like, I always really, really try to be myself in every situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I also work a, I have a completely separate career outside of yoga that I'm trying to intertwine. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about that, that in a minute. Space, right. Mm-hmm. So, even in that space, like, I had to learn early on that I know code switching is a thing and I know that it has its place, but damn it, it's exhausting. As and it's not for me, and it's <laughs> really not for me. Look, Caroline is too real, y'all. She says she ain't doing no code switching out here. <laughs> I mean, and but it, it was a learned process. Yeah, of course. Like career wise, of course, I started like ah, you know trying to be whatever, and I'm like oh, I can't. Like I, I really, really can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> what you get? Um, but it was it was kind of the same thing for me with teaching yoga, except by that point in my overall life journey, I realized that if people can't recognize the value that you bring when yeah. you are bringing yourself to it, girl, I mean, it's just it's not what it is. So, because you have I, to respect me as a whole being, right? Exactly. As who I am and 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 how I am, and that's part of this 
getting over these humps and these 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 divides is like, I need you to accept me as who I am, not who I am when I'm trying to be more like you. Right. Or trying to make you feel comfortable. Period. Like, I, I should not have to sacrifice my own comfort for your comfort mm. so that you can see me as whatever you want to see me as a human being. Like, I don't know. It's just, it, there's too much of that that we have to face. Right. So, and it was still a challenge, of course, starting to teach. And as you know, and, and I'm sure a lot of people who have um, who we've encountered when you first start teaching it's just hard yeah like, it is there's a lot there's imposter syndrome oh man what am I doing here like what the hell just came out of my mouth when I was cueing that like <laughs> just all kinds of stuff right yes but I feel like oh that's so funny. I always felt like the eyes were on me mm-hmm. Um, and I always use this example. I don't mean eyes on me as a teacher, but as as the first teacher of color there. Yeah. Um, and I always use this as an example. One of my first classes, um, I was teaching a 75-minute Ashtanga short form. I had taken that class over from my teacher, the one who led me through YTT, who has studied with the Joyce family. So if anybody is like familiar mm. with Ashtanga, they are. And let me just real quick, because if you don't know Ashtanga, like Ashtanga is Ashtanga yoga is nothing to play with. Okay. It is not. It's nothing to play with. And um, you just don't see because it's you just don't see a lot of teachers of color that teach Ashtanga. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that into context. Go ahead, girl. It's a lot. And, and I could talk about Ashtanga all day because I love it. But I also had to kind of overcome some other things with Ashtanga mm-hmm. for the very for the very reasons that you said but I was teaching this 75 minute short form mm. I was taking over from my teacher who like I mean she knows Ashtanga so again imposter syndrome but mm-hmm. in one of my classes right before we got started like the studio was filling up and I was sitting at the front of the studio on my mat kind of like the, the unofficial teacher space and some women walk in and they're like when does the teacher get here? And I'm like, wait, did you think I just wanted to practice in front of the room? Like, why do you think I'm here? I'm the teacher. Wow. And they just had this look on their face. Like out loud? Yeah, they literally asked me, when does the teacher get here? So, and remember, we're in Memphis. So... They bold, right? But I was just like, and it, it threw me, but I said, okay, this, this is wow. what I'm going to have to deal with if I really want to mm. make sure that this doesn't keep happening. Wow. So I don't even remember what I said to her. But <laughs> I, I was going to ask. <laughs> Girl, who knows? Some things I just black out because I don't think I, I responded in a very yogi-like way. Um, wow. But some, the rest of the class, I remember looking around and I remember a couple minutes later, we had like five or six people of color walk through the door. And I'm like, you know what? I'm teaching y'all today. Yes. And I'm teaching everybody else today who came in and, you know, they were happy to come practice. They were happy to find their yoga. They didn't care who was teaching them. That's right. You two over here are in this little cone. And you're not going to get any love from me. And I've had to do that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. I've had to do that. Quite a bit, but to be honest with you, I think it eventually became more of a, a 
comfortable situation for me because as I started to build relationships with teachers of all colors from all walks of life, Mm -hmm. um, we saw each other for who we were Mm. and kind of left all the preconceived notions, whatever they might have been at the door. Mm. I love that. Wow. That is a powerful story. Wow. That's the one that, like, you know, that fire starts to rise right up in you. you know? <laughs> um, I love, though, that you... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Downward dog. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what I love, though, in, in what, what you said, like, in that story is just that you saw people of color coming in the room and that you decided, I'm teaching for y'all today. Like, this this is where my energy is going. This is why I'm here. Like, you stayed steadfast in, in your in your value, in your, in your passion and what you wanted to do and the change that you knew that you needed to see. And you said, stayed steadfast in that. And I, I love that so much because it's so important and it's so needed. Um, so knowing, and we've talked about this with a couple of the other uh, folks who came, who came on before you. Um, and I kind of want to ask some of the similar questions because I'm really curious about the different perspectives on it. So um, we know then just by everything that you shared, um, how difficult it can be sometimes to teach in a studio. Um, you've talked, you know, with me in the mentorship program about adding music to Ashtanga, which is like, that's like, a, a, don't like a, like a no, no, maybe ambient music, if anything, but definitely not no R and B, no hip hop, no, none of that. So, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. But um, how important has it been to be able to carve and create your own lane and your own experiences and your own offerings outside of a studio space or a space like that that um, that can be limiting and um, you know sort of dampen economic opportunities because you know uh, those people could have went and complained about you, right? I mean. Who- <laughs> course they did um but you know we we are more susceptible as as women of color who are teachers to um the possibilities of being fired to the possibilities of not having the opportunity to teach in a studio because somebody feels a certain way about us or has preconceived notions about us um how important has it been for you in that transition sort of to wellness entrepreneur and to thinking of thinking about thinking about what can about what can i um how important has that been it's been extremely important and it's something for me that has kind of evolved mm-hmm. after oh y'all are so right white entitlement is real um, it's white something for me that has evolved after or prior to but a lot of evolution after teaching um in that space for probably just a few months and i'm like on the one hand i love the connections with the students that i've made Um, I love the change that I started to see coming through that studio. On the other hand, Mm. I was leaving exhausted, like mentally exhausted. You know, in in a normal yoga class, it's not like we're actually practicing asana with the students. So I wasn't leaving like physically worn out. And it started to make me realize that, you know, there, I need to find balance between Mm. giving everything that, like all of me mm. to this one space mm. 
and nothing else. Mm. So I started kind of um, dabbling with teaching outside of uh, Lifetime of the yoga studio, which I didn't really know where to start. Yeah. Um, thankfully, my friend Libby, who I always plug her by name because she is dope, y'all. She is... At the time, at the time where I was kind of having this epiphany and, and evolution, she started the first Black-owned yoga studio here in Memphis. Wow. And she, like, this is my homie. Like, we talk all the time. Mm. So, of course, she was kind of filling me in on, like, okay, here, here's where we want to go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, cool, I'm on board. <clears throat> so I eventually transitioned from teaching my Ashtanga at Lifetime to teaching Ashtanga um, with her, and then I still kept some other classes in in the existing studio. I'm um, in at Lifetime or whatever. Um, but then I I was starting to meet other yoga teachers of color mm-hmm. for the first time here. Wow. I mean, it was you know we went through YPT with others, but I mean <laughs> people that were actually like teaching. Yeah. And from those connections and just building organic relationships with them. Um, I, I encountered one teacher named Candace, and we shared so many things in common. We were like, you know what? Self-care is incredibly important to us, especially because both of us also work in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And, Woo. you know, <laughs> yeah. that's a challenge in and of itself. So we started creating um, self-care Sunday workshops wow. at Your Inner Yogi at the studio. Um, for specifically for women of color and especially for women of color who either, you know, work a full-time job outside of the home, um, students, we had a lot of college students, law school students, and that was just really important Mm -hmm. to us. So for a while, really up until BYT, my, um, yoga teaching consisted of like what I was already doing, Mm -hmm. um, at the gym and then carving out these specific spaces for women of color and their Mm. self-care, which became really a part of my self-care. And I think it fed me sometimes more than it fed them. Girl. Um, But I didn't leave feeling exhausted. Right. That's, yeah, that's when you know, right? Like when your work is actually filling your cup um, that you're pouring out, but you're, you're filling back up. That's when you know you're onto something good, you know? Yeah. Um, I just want to highlight a question here. Kaja says the reason why it didn't matter to any of the POC is because we're used to just walking and not seeing someone that looks like us. Other people are accustomed to and feel entitled in a different reality. Absolutely. And Mel, like you said, says white entitlement is real. It is, you know, we, we walk in hoping that we see somebody of color where we're going. Um, For, for white folks, that's a daily reality. They don't even have to think about it. They know they're going to be surrounded by people that look like them. And the right. left, they don't, I don't think they understand. Like you go and go some and be in an area where every day you're the minority and you tell me how that feels, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it just speaks back to why these spaces are so important and why cultivating POC or um, women of color led spaces are just so, so, so important. Um, not only led, but attended, right? That we're saying, this is for you. Um, I love that you are already in this work, even before the Decolonize Your Teaching program. Um, And, you know, one thing that we notice and that we see a lot is that out of yoga teacher training, there's just not a lot of the business aspect of yoga taught. Um, 
at all. Like they teach you a couple little things, you know, mock, mock workshop or whatever, but really things that are more tied to the studio. Um, how important has it been for you and how has it shifted your direction to go through the program and to, um, to learn more about what it takes to be an entrepreneur, truly a wellness entrepreneur, not just a yoga teacher. Yeah, so DYP was a game changer for me mm. for so many different reasons. Um, literally, like two days before I saw your announcement about launching the first program, mm -hmm. I was sitting like with my desk was a mess and I'm at my computer and I'm like, I really want to try to figure out like a different direction for not just my teaching, but my branding and really make sure that I am conveying, um, conveying all of the things that I know come out in a class, mm. but I want my branding to get people to those classes, wherever they're going to be. So then of course, a couple of days <laughs> later, you announced that first round and I'm like, I'm on it. Like I started filling out my application literally at, <laughs> right at that moment. I love and it. And it's, it's really, it was so helpful for me to, number one, get clarity on who I wanted to serve. Yeah. I had started kind of doing that, like with the self-care Sundays. Um, but again, like my, my regular teachings weren't necessarily aligning with that. Right. Um, and also learning about how to completely detach myself from four walls. Period. Mm, yes. And I girl. have to say that for me, like I Wow. I always call myself a free thinker trapped in a linear thinker's body. Because <laughs> I am like I'm a to I'm a free spirit, but at the same time, I grew up with that that typical narrative that's like you do well in school, you go to college, you get a, a corporate job, you right. climb this corporate ladder. And although I knew that that's not what I wanted for my entire life, that was definitely the path that I was on. Yeah. So thinking like outside of linearly with yoga was so unfamiliar to me. The studio I'm going to teach at this or, you know, right. just what the, the normal yoga teacher journey looks like. So now being able to carve out these offerings and not have to worry about, you know, what a studio owner thinks or you know, whether the clientele that's going to show up um, is showing up for an experience offered by me for them or just showing up because they have an expectation that I'm going to fit into this box that the studio has created. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's been powerful. It's been really powerful and still evolving, but yeah. Yeah. As you've done that and put those offerings out and started to to see some reflection back of what is it, it is that you intend to to see, how has that felt for you? What has that been like for you? Scary. <laughs> That's real. I'm not gonna lie. That's and real. Sometimes, um, I think sometimes we get a little nervous about putting our putting our our everything out into the world mm -hmm. because we're not sure how it's going to be received. Mm -hmm. So while it has been incredibly um, gratifying mm -hmm. and has been such a beautiful experience, if anybody has gone through YCT besides you and I in the chat, you know that you learn a lot about fear in yoga teacher training mm -hmm. and you learn a lot about the ego mm -hmm. and how, you know, really fear is controlled by the ego. So, 
going through these experiences and and seeing how how much these whether it's classes or talks or chats or privates um, that I've done, seeing how how they've impacted people mm-hmm. has been beautiful, <laughs> and it's helped me kind of unpack some of that fear, mm-hmm. release some of that fear, and kind of detach that from my narrative. Mm. So it's been. I'm glad that I have received positive feedback, but I've also kind of taken that feedback as reassurance that I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. And I think that is is so helpful because I'm not one that I can just feel like I'm wandering aimlessly and we'll see where things go. <laughs> that linear life. <laughs> You know, that, that type A life is so strong. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I love that. And I think that that's so real because we all experience fear to varying degrees and much more when we're really putting ourselves out there and trying to assert ourselves as like, this is who I am. This is who I'm for. This is what I do. In the beginning, it's scary to assert that and to put that out into the world and just to to see well how is this going to be received are the right people going to show up is anybody going to show up um is anybody going to show up that's always the question um but i think just to do it despite you know to do it despite yeah. the fear to do it despite the self doubt to do it despite the imposter syndrome um And that's what courage is all about, right? Courage is not that I'm not afraid. It's that I'm willing to do it despite the fear that I feel because I know there's this bigger thing that I'm, that I'm working towards, that I'm, that I'm building towards. Um, And I love what you've been posting on your feed. You've done such a tremendous job. I mean, from day one to to where you are now, you are in the flow. You, you know, your, um, your colors are gorgeous. Um, Your brand just has totally a reflection of you, um, which is something that I know that you really wanted. Um, I'm I'm thinking of what I want to kind of ask next. Um, Talk a little bit about your, what you're doing um, aside from yoga and how that integrates and how you're kind of like pairing those things together. Yeah. So my full time um, for the better part of 10 years, um, I work in public health communications. Mm. So basically what that means is I have focused on mental health, substance misuse prevention, specifically Hmm. alcohol and um, for a good while, prescription drug misuse prevention. Wow. Um, Creating campaigns that are centered on helping people recognize, you know, when they might need to get help um, or helping to kind of open the dialogues. This, This part is more specifically on the psychological health and suicide prevention realm, but helping to open the dialogue about, um, you know, everything that we're going through on the inside that we may not feel comfortable expressing and that we may try to mask on the outside. Yeah. And Ooh. it, it's been a lot, especially because, I mean, it's what I'm passionate about, but again, corporate America, right. And I work for this huge global consulting firm and my clients for all this time have been the military, like the department of defense. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. A lot. Yeah. So I, I found myself, 
even with what we were creating, which, you know, the, the military has a very specific set of needs, like as an overall force or organization, um, but even within what we were creating to foster these conversations and promote mental health and suicide prevention and alcohol misuse prevention and all that good stuff, I was weaving in what I learned from yoga mm. into what we were developing. So wow. mindfulness techniques and um I have sorry, my screen went dark because I didn't want it to cut off. Mindfulness techniques and you know how to to set intentions, not just with your actions, but with your dialogue, with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um little tiny like tips during suicide prevention month which is september we would throw in meditation wow we would throw in a yoga pose wow um a lot of trauma-informed mm. yoga tips mm-hmm. that we wouldn't you know necessarily call by name right but that's what it was right um, wow and i i realized like yes this is a passion over here like the what i'm doing but the yoga is slowly starting to come into this. So I have kind of been on this quest over the past couple of years to find this happy medium. Because yeah. for me, I would love to be a full-time entrepreneur in the yoga space. But I think that I would feel something missing because I do love what I do like on the, the health communication side so much. Yeah. So my, my entrepreneurial journey has been dual had it because I'm definitely not not the entrepreneur from eight to five yeah it's really from five to the rest of the time till I go to sleep right how has it been putting those things together and um I'm also excited to share with the folks a little bit about um the wellness workshop that we have coming up tomorrow as well but um in your like ideal world how do you see that meshing together um so that you can be a full-time you know, wellness entrepreneur, but in, in the education around the stuff that you're passionate about and the yoga together. I love that. Yeah. It, it has. So I think the workshop is like the prime example of how I would love to fuse the two going forward. Mm. Um, I think, and, and Mel, who I think is Mel is so here, old. yeah, another yes. of the graduates, yes. Yes. So Mel and I, Mel and I actually started talking about this during DYC. And although what we do is a little bit different, like Mel is is a behavior analyst, and we would have these sidebar sidebar conversations about like our professional careers mm. and how much we're seeing potential for overlap with yoga, but we don't really know how to get started, yeah, or what that looks like, yeah. And when you announced um, or reached out to some of the DYTers and announced that you were going to be offering workshops in the online studio. I hit up Mel. I'm like, yo, this could be a first step. Like, yeah. we still don't know what this looks like for our careers to kind of blend with yoga and our passion and everything that's got us here. But why don't we just make a workshop about like all those different things that we talked about during DOIT and our sidebar conversation? I love it. So mm. I still don't really know what the plan looks like, but I know that if I keep taking these steps, at the universe oh. has definitely put the right people in my path. So it will all come together because my last intention is to retire from corporate America. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it'll happen. It it'll definitely happen. will. Um, it really is that. It's really one step at a time, mm-hmm. you know, and just one foot forward at a time. And things start to develop and unfold. But what I do see that you have very clear on is is the vision, right? Like what you want 
to see happen is the fusion of these two things into something that you can build a new life off of. Right. Mm -hmm. And to help so many people who, who need it and who need this, this type of assistance and who need it from people who look like us. Right. Absolutely. Um, um, tell us a little more about the workshop. So just as a heads up, um, everybody who graduates from the mentorship program, and this is a new offering, I've opened a, an online studio and all of the graduates actually get exclusive rights to teach workshop in the studio, which just feels really good to me as like a let's break bread together. Like I want to continue to support you all in your entrepreneurial endeavors. And I know that sometimes it just takes somebody giving you an opportunity or a platform to share on that can like expand the vision or expand the possibilities or just help you see something different or a, a different possibility. So it's an honor for me and also just for the people who get to attend and to be a part of these workshops, you all get to offer so much more than I have access to or knowledge about. So it's just a beautiful opportunity. I want to know a little more about what you and Mel have in store for the wellness workshop tomorrow and how um how that ties into all of this yeah for sure well first of all thank you for (laughs) right yeah and thank you for creating everything that you have created has been such an inspiration Mm. to not only those of us that have gone through dyt but just so many people Mm. and especially so many people of color Mm. and it's it is so dope to watch your journey and i followed you for a minute so for us to be here (laughs) is like what what? (laughs) and then like to see the online studio it's just it's amazing but back to the topic (laughs) or the question at hand um this workshop tomorrow is really going to be about in a sense, how we live our yoga. So we're not necessarily doing a bunch of asana. We're not doing any asana, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, we are going to really have this centered around self-study, mm. ahimsa, which is nonviolence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about in the traditional sense. So what I mean is we are going to be looking at how our personal narratives that have formed since we came into this universe, Mm -hmm. um, how they have formed, and how we have attached to them, Mm. and in some situations, clinged to those narratives, how those narratives have either positively or uh, negatively impacted our mental health, Mm. and then really start a dialogue about, okay, how do we pull back? Yeah. You know, what happens if if our narrative is not only no longer serving us, but holding us back? Ooh. And what can we do as a collective to kind of feed each other and nourish each other with our words, mm-hmm. with kindness, mm-hmm. without in, inflicting harm in our words? And that's where we're really going to get specific on, okay, well, there are some do's and don'ts when we are talking about mental health there are some do's and don'ts when we are trying to have a positive dialogue and a lot of those don'ts were kind of ingrained in our our minds and in our uh, experiences from birth onwards Mm -hmm. so I'll give like a sneak peek example of one of the things we're going to talk about which I'm really excited to have this conversation but as we look at all these layers um, that help to form our narrative and help to form these dialogue and even the perception that we have around mental health, a lot of it at like the black community level centers around the things that, you know, black people don't do. So black people, we don't do yoga. Black people don't 
work out. Black people don't recycle. Black people don't eat kale. Or we did eat kale. We were original kale eaters, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like we don't swim. 20-20 kale. You know, right? all of that. Um, yeah, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Black people don't talk about their problems. Black mm. people don't go to therapy. Um, all of those things mm. kind of form... Um, form this bubble around us that makes it seem like whatever we have going on is not acceptable. Mm. Um, it's not something that we should talk about, wow. that we should open up about, and that we basically have to keep wearing that strong black woman or strong black person label and suck it up and move on. Mm-mm. So in a nutshell, that's what we're going to kind of go back and debunk I can't wait. tomorrow. And we're going to ask everybody to share there. And we recognize that, you know, not everybody identifies as black, whatever, uh, you know, whether you're a person of color or not, just kind of share what some of those mm-hmm. um, we don't yeah. do things are. Because Ooh, they do that. kind of filter their way into our narratives and cloud our way of thinking. Mm. Um, so we'll have some, some journaling, some meditation, um, some tips that you guys can take home. We have like a little two-page workbook um, that gives you tips and also allows you to uh, jot down some thoughts. So we're really, really excited about this. I am too. Y'all are, I'm just, I'm ready for it. I'm excited about it. I can't wait for tomorrow to learn from both of you. You all have so much, so much to offer, so much richness in your knowledge and in your experience. Um, it's an honor to have you both. Um Workbook inspired by Angie. Ha! I know. I was like, look at this workbook. They did that. They did that. I was like, okay. Um, in in just adding on to this, and then we'll kind of close out with some questions. Um, how? Uh, what? What has been the experience of being able to share the journey with other women of color and to build community with other women of color through the program and beyond? It's been a a beautiful journey and a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. And it kind of helped me let go. So I know we joked earlier, like, is somebody going to show up? (laughs) Um, It it almost helped me let go of that and remember that regardless of whether one person comes into the room Mm -hmm. or 100 people come into the, or the space, the park, wherever, you know, I've been teaching, um, your connection with that person Mm -hmm. is so powerful and important. And for you to see yourself in a student and for a student to Mm -hmm. see themselves in you and for the student to be the teacher and the teacher Mm -hmm. to be the student because we're all learning from each other, Mm -hmm. it it has been so incredible. And it's not something that I personally saw happening Mm -hmm. um, prior to DYT because, like I said, Mm -hmm. I was really just trying to figure out, like, I know – I know the way that I'm currently or where I'm currently teaching doesn't always fill me up. And I'm so, while I'm so happy to give to other people and I hope that I'm giving them something that they can use. I know that there is more for me and my journey. And I know that there is a way that I can connect with people and feel just as, as full from them as potentially they could feel from this yoga practice. Mm. Um, so walking into that journey and kind of walking in my purpose yes. has it's been incredible. Mm. So I, I cannot, if anybody on here is like thinking about DYC, <laughs> I, can't, I cannot 
put into words how important that program was for mm. me and kind of setting this this journey for me in motion. As a mother and as a wife, how has it impacted your personal life? Which part? How has what impacted my personal life? So just like your transition, your 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 transition, your change, you're walking in your purpose, you're moving towards your goals. Um, the the Caroline that is emerging um, out of this, how has that impacted your personal life? Yeah. So I feel like on the mom side I feel so proud to uh, show my son that I'm doing this for us uh, and my my son he's he's such an incredible like dope little human being I know everybody says that about their kids but it's true so, <laughs> I mean he's always been like really in tune with his identity and and his blackness mm. and you know, very unapologetic, and he's also navigating lots of white spaces all the time, so I really felt like I needed to do more for us, Mm. for him, Mm. so that he could see that the path does not, not only does it not have to be linear, but also showing him that we can have things for ourselves that are, while we're not excluding anyone, we are creating for a specific (sighs) set of people. And if anyone else ends up coming, that's dope. That's amazing. Right. But we can carve our own lane and then that's okay. Because I think sometimes we grow up thinking that it's not necessarily okay to carve our own lane. That's right. Um, Or that it's too hard. So being able to show him that Mm. you can just take that leap and just start walking and eventually the path will unwind is awesome. And my husband... My husband is a personal trainer and also a a wellness professional. He does like a whole lot in health promotion. And he was already doing the same thing. So now for both of us to kind of be there, I was like, this is what I wanted. I just didn't know how to get there. And I was never trying to take his path because his path just kind of unfolded so naturally for him. And I'm like, that's dope. I'm supporting you. I'm going to figure this out for me on my own. And now we have opportunities together. Yes, like you guys taught together at Athleta when you pitched that collaboration, right? Yep, yep. So I've done two. I did one um, collab with Athleta, I think, while we were still in the program. That's right. Shortly after. And then um, earlier this year, like right before COVID, we did a um, a hustle and flow. Yes. So we're in Memphis, so you know hustle and flow the movie. Like everybody knows that here. So we kind of turned that around, and it was part yoga and part high intensity interval training. Wow. And man, when I tell you the turnout, it was nuts. About number of people, it was nuts, but it was also us. Right. And it was so exciting to see that, like people that mm. had never done yoga or didn't really feel the value of, of working out like intensely or maybe just didn't know what to do. It was just, it brought me more joy than I had ever experienced teaching. And to be able to share that with my husband oh. and our son was there too. I'm like, man, this is perfect. This is dope. Woo. Yo, that is like so powerful. Cause we're talking about, generational healing and just carving a completely new narrative for our families and for our future. Like that's some powerful shit, man. 
Thank you. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, I really, I want wow. us to be able to show our son that you mm. can literally just do it, do what you want. Hey. A lot of times, especially as a, a young black man, you know, I feel like, and I can't speak from experience because I haven't been a young black man, right. but I see, yeah. you know, how, how just the overall uh, system and context that in which we grow up mm. kind of impacts us and can sometimes make us feel like we can't really do it all. Right. Or if we do, we are going to be so drained and exhausted because, you know, well, living life as a person of color is draining and exhausting as it is sometimes. Well, we're trying to show him that, no, it is it is not draining and exhausting. It is beautiful. It is mm. uplifting. It is a privilege to be who we are, not Ooh. the other way around. And oh. you just have to kind of tap into that and having those examples um, not just with the two of us, but like we show him all of y'all, like he's seen your feed and everything that you're doing so many times. He knows Angie by name. He knows so many people by name. Cause we are just trying to show him that like, look, people are out here right. just, just doing their thing. Wow. And he actually started his own thing last year too. So, you know, it's that been cool. Is all that from the USC. Girl, I, I think it just finally, I'm all, you know, I'm very nonchalant about this and I'm just like, yeah, you know, we out here. But I think that it really hit me right now in what you shared. And I'm like, I'm a little emotional and a little moved because I just would never imagine that, you know, I, I want to teach you guys. I want to show you what I've done. I want to show you that there's a way and, and have you tap into your own potential to to live a life that you really want. And to serve the people that you really want and to have a life that fulfills you. But I don't think that sometimes I don't really see what that impact is going to look like all the way through. And to know that that this is impacting potentially a new generation as a parent of of a child who gets to see you in that walking in that purpose. Wow. Like, I think it's really starting to hit me the, the impact of this and like. That's wow, Caroline. Wow, woo, y'all. Hey, we we love you, Angie. Like, I love y'all I, too. I'm so grateful that our paths mm. crossed. Oh, whoo. Um, <laughs> I'm really having a moment. Uh, Have your moment. Mm. You deserve. Not for me, for you, and for what it means for you and for your family. And what it means for us as a community and as a culture. Oh, no, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> and it sounds silly because it's something, it feels small, but it's it's not. It's really big. <sighs> it is. It's huge. It's huge because. Oh, man. I mean, like like I said, so I'll share with you guys. My, my mom, I grew up with my mom. And my mom was, you know my rock or whatever, but my mom worked again in corporate America. So that's kind of the example that I saw. And my dad was an entrepreneur, but he wasn't right in front of me. Yeah. Like he, we didn't grow up in the same household. He was around, but that's a whole nother story. Right. Yeah. But I really did not see what it took or see what it looked like. So I just didn't see that for me. Right. So I saw you you helped to show me what that looked like mm. for a woman of color, a yoga teacher 
who is doing the same things and even more things that I could have possibly imagined. Mm. And I think that, you know, we can, we have so many, like there's so many influencers out here, right? And my last, like, I would never want to try to pursue the influencer route because I know that that's just not authentic to who I am. But that's all I could really find. Mm. So to see someone who was already walking that path reminded me of okay if if we can live in this purpose Mm. for our son and for other kids and for other generations it's so powerful for them to see that and i it's more powerful for me to think about this in this context because it's not something that i could like see as i was growing up it's something that i knew existed Mm. so when we can when we can just be the example is is and the beauty of that is, you know, I get to be the example, then you get to be the example. Yeah. And so that's the ripple effect. And that's what the vision has always been is to create that ripple effect so we can change and transform cultures. Because as we said, this is happening wide scale across the globe. So if everybody somewhere in the world and everybody who's been in the program so far and who's doing something of like can be the ripple effect in their community. It can change everything. It can change something for someone else who then becomes the ripple effect in their circle. And it just continues to expand. And that has always been the vision. Um, Mel says the tears are flowing. This conversation is everything. I'm telling you, I'm over here. Not even close to my cycle. Um, (laughs) Lotus Light Brown Goddess says, Caroline, how do you balance working in corporate America? I'm trying to find the balance. Um, Just to let you know, we have about a minute and 40 seconds. So go for um, it. All right. So I'll make it super quick. And speaking of balance, I'm going to have to get back to corporate America in a minute and 40 seconds anyway. But um, it it is something that I have admittedly not perfected. So I try to just do what I can when I can. Mm-hmm. And that means that my teaching, sometimes it's sporadic. Like yoga teaching is sometimes sporadic. I've had to drop teaching certain classes mm-hmm. two or three times mm-hmm. because I felt like I, I'm just not here for my students because of what's going on at work or just the hustle of getting from work to home to the studio and yeah. I can't do it. And I used to experience so much guilt over that and mm. I've had to let that go. Mm. So if there's one thing I could say to sum that up is just let move with the flow and release from any guilt that comes with it. Because, you know, if you're if you're happy in your corporate America job, be happy. If you're happy teaching yoga, be happy. But don't feel like it has to be a 50-50. Or don't feel like you have to do more. Or you're not doing enough in one space. Or mm. not doing enough in the other space. Because you're doing exactly what you need to be doing at the time. Ooh. Thank you. It took oh. me a long time to figure that one out. Man, it's a tricky one. Um, thank you so much, Caroline, for, for this conversation. How powerful. Um, I appreciate y'all love y'all. This will be up on the podcast very soon. DYT program last day to sign up. It's in the bio link. You can get in the wellness workshop in the bio link too. We'll see y'all soon. Bye y'all.